off of Amadio. Knights get it. Eichel down the middle alone. Slides it into the goal. Jack Eichel. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Still in the zone. Theodore, one-timer, wide right. Rebound, walk. He scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out at the Dollar Loan Center. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Going to hear a whole bunch of noise in the background uh, throughout the next two hours of the VGK Insider Show as we broadcast from... The opening of the Dollar Loan Center, which uh, burst into the scene yesterday with the start of the Big West Basketball Conference Tournament. And mm-hmm. today we've got uh, the uh, second of the quarterfinals on the women's bracket uh, with University of California Riverside against U.S. Santa Barbara or UC Santa Barbara. And uh, it is a great game, a one-point game as they play in the second half with about five minutes to go. But we're talking hockey here on the VGK Insider Show. The Vegas Golden Knights coming off the loss against the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday we'll get into that game ratings uh, and a whole bunch of uh, analysis uh, on what went into that uh, disappointing start of the five game road trip but we also want to spend a significant amount of time on the story that is uh, evolving around the vegas golden knights uh, leading up to tomorrow night's return of jack eichel to the city of buffalo in his first game against the sabers uh, this one has been circled on both calendars for a long time uh, we had that anticipation before Jack was activated that he might play at home against the Sabres as his first game. Uh, that didn't happen, so this is really uh, peeling back the uh, the skin of the onion with his uh, first game against the Sabres being back in his old stomping grounds. And he uh, had a lot to say today in his media availability, including no bitterness, no bitterness whatsoever. The The context context of the, uh, the availability today was, I wouldn't say it was friendly, but it was not confrontational. And in any case of a, a star player returning back to where he started his career, I think there's a lot of familiarity, friendliness, and uh, they know the media. Uh, this one I expected to be tenser than it was. I mean, I I get, like, to a, to a degree, yeah. But, you know, for me, I, I don't really I don't really get that. Like, I, I don't understand why you're going to hold it against Jack Eichel. Uh, All of the issues and all of the problems that stemmed from ownership, that stemmed from uh, roster construction, that stemmed from just kind of spinning your wheels with one of your best players ever to come through that franchise. Uh, And then the the bitterness and the arguments and the ridiculousness surrounding uh, his desire to have the surgery that he wanted to have. Um, I understand fans kind of being upset and frustrated though that's also misses the mark for me um from a media standpoint I, I i don't get any type of bitterness or frustration for someone that's just trying to do what they think is best for their long-term health and who did and tried everything that he could to turn that city that team into a winner yeah i, I don't think there was a uh, warm embraces uh, today by any means uh because 
Jack went through a really frustrating time. And, yeah. uh, and he says he's not bitter. I believe him in that. But I think he's uh, very pleased with where he is after the entire saga and coming out on the other side and ending up with, with the Golden Knights and an opportunity to make a playoff stretch drive here and participate in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time. Uh, I, I think there's that part. And there's probably some uh, feelings of missing out on some time that he didn't have to miss out on. Like, he, he didn't end up having the surgery. If he, if he was allowed to have the surgery when he wanted to have the surgery, yeah. he would have been back... Uh, almost at the start of the season and instead he, he missed a significant portion of this campaign yeah i mean i think you you look at it at what it cost jack eichel something in the ballpark of 60 to 70 games of his career in in kind of that prime window where he's going to be at his peak performance and peak output levels so uh from that aspect alone i i would be i would have frustrations if i'm jack eichel but the fact of the matter is uh going through it being steadfast knowing what he wanted and not wavering not budging has landed him in a position where he's on a new team with a real opportunity to make the playoffs for the first time in his nhl career and you know hindsight's always 2020 but i i would argue that jack eichel's in a better position right now having gone through it having stuck to his guns uh than he would have been if uh if if he elected to just do what the sabers told him to do and there is uh, some difference of opinion prior to the, the medical uh, separation between uh, what Jack wanted and what the organization wanted. Uh, he'd been through a bunch of coaches, a mm -hmm. couple of managers. Yep. Uh, ownership uh, was stable, but it just probably felt to him like he was starting over every year. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, he was. like his, his best teams and most comfortable teams was when he first broke in. And as he got more involved in the National Hockey League, uh, now... Uh, five years in it, it was wasn't tracking in the right direction right certainly and there is there is that frustration prior to the difference of opinion uh and he gets to put all that aside and just play hockey which i think is why we're seeing uh a, a jack eichel that is arguably ahead of schedule right now through 10 games yeah i think he is i think he's kind of exactly where you'd hoped he'd be but again, talking about an 11-month layoff and a, a, a surgery that hadn't been done on a NHL a hockey player before, you just didn't really know how Jack would perform over these first 10, 12 games. And, and to me, he's hit every single mark that he's needed to hit. He's looked better and better and better every single game. And you just start to see the skill and the creativity that he has in the offensive zone and what it opens up for the Golden Knights. He's a special player. And... You know, the only thing that, that I would say about, you know, the fans in Buffalo is that you wished it would have worked out. You yep. wish that it would have worked out for that fan base that is as connected to that team as a fan base can be and wants that team to be good. Uh, it's got to be frustrating to have what you believe to be a franchise player leave in these circumstances. There's a, there's a certain confidence to star players. Jack Eichel has that yeah. swagger or uh, elite confidence, self-belief, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, uh, cockiness in some cases. There, Jack Eichel's got that. He, he is all in on knowing what he can do. Uh -huh. Tomorrow night's reaction will be interesting to keep track of. 
as the night goes on. Yeah. I, I think there'll be equal amounts of jeers to cheers at the start of the game. And as the game goes on, uh, I think a, a lot of times that will change towards the home team. Mm-hmm. And people will, will, will uh, sort of uh, sheep fall, uh, follow along and the, the jeers become more uh, prominent. I think tomorrow night's going to be the opposite uh, of this. I, I, I do think that there'll be a realization of, of where an appreciation of, of what Jack went through. And then um, the only thing that, that may make them upset will be watching him healthy and being able to do his thing and, and missing out on that. That's, that's the only part. But I, uh, I think it'll be 50-50 at the start of the night and probably trends towards being uh, friendly towards Jack uh, in the back end. Uh, I think it depends on how many points Jack puts up. What do you think he does tomorrow night? I think he has a game. Yeah? I really do. I think he has a game. Hey, hey, flair for the dramatic, we know he has it. The ability to show up in a big-time game, we know he has it. Uh, a desire to prove people wrong. I don't, like, I don't think there's a bigger game on the calendar for Jack Eichel in this season. To prove everybody wrong, to say, I was right, I knew what was best for my body, I told you I'd come back better than ever. This, is a, this has the potential to be an ex- exclamation point game for Jack Eichel. Yeah, you, you, you phrase it properly uh, to, to prove that he was in the right yeah. form with the, with the surgery. Yeah. I believe him when he says there's no bitterness. Yeah. But there's also uh, that other side where he just wants to, to show what he can do and that uh, when he stuck to his beliefs and wanted the artificial disc replacement surgery on his neck, that that was the right decision. So come back and say, be, be more justified in, in that side of it than anything else, than anything that might be uh, a, a back and forth uh, disagreement between two people or an ownership group and a player. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's bitterness. I, I just think it's wanting to show the world that you are recovered, that you are exactly what you hoped you'd be when you made these decisions. And I, I don't think there's any better opportunity to prove that than to go into the place where you spent your entire career prior to Vegas and have yourself a game. And, and I'm not saying that Jack has to go out there and have a hat trick or anything like that. But I do think Jack is going to go out there and for a team in the Golden Knights that that is having a hard time putting pucks in the back of the net, I think he's going to be their best player, and I think he's going to lead by example, and that's what you want to see from him in this big-time game. It was a full media room waiting in anticipation of Jack Eichel's arrival to the microphone as he spoke the day before his return to the city of Buffalo and against the Buffalo Sabres at whatever they're calling that rink nowadays. Uh, Danny Webster (laughs) uh, works for the Las Vegas Sun, uh, joins us uh, from Buffalo. First question first, uh, what kind of vibe did you get as Jack walked into the room today? Well, it was probably the most crowded media room that I think uh, that arena in Buffalo has had in about a good five, six years. So I think we could probably start with there, but it was definitely a uh, a palpable buzz. I think is probably the best way to put it. <laughs> and how do you think Jack handled it? <laughs> oh, I think he handled it really well. I think I think uh, it was about twelve, thirteen minutes. Answered every question under the sun. He, I think he handled it about as well as you could, and I don't think he's phased by the moment at all. It looks like. 
I mentioned that there's like this confidence, cockiness, swagger, uh, roll it all into into one with Jack uh, Eichel because there's he's just believes so much in himself and knows how how good he is. And having gone through what what he did go through, uh, I, I know some players who have gone back or gone through that situation, who have gone in with uh, with a chip on their shoulder and maybe it it created some some animosity, some tenseness uh, in in the. Q&A uh, with the media. I, I didn't get that sense today that, that it was uh, pleasant. Would that be a word? Or non-confrontational might be a better way to put it? Yeah, I think I think that's a great way to put it. It really wasn't non-confrontational. I don't think it was... I don't think it, there was really any animosity to it. I think he handled it about as well as he could. He was very respectful in his answers, and I think he was very... Uh, very upfront and very blunt in some of his assessments because I think he took a lot of responsibility for him being asked, you know, did, did he do enough when he was captain for that team to win games? And he essentially said, no, I, you know, I take a lot of the brunt of the responsibility. And I think he handled that part about as, as well as he could. So I think, I think that was really, really refreshing and really something different that I don't think we've seen from a lot of former players lately. You know, what do you, what do you think the reaction is going to be tomorrow? Like, because it's one thing to to kind of have the ability for his old stomping ground, his old media contacts, and, and the people that he saw mm-hmm. on a daily basis ask him questions. It's another thing to walk into the building, skate onto the ice of of the place that you played your entire career up until this point, and have fans boo. Like, what do you think that reaction is going to be, and and how do you think Jack's going to react to it? Yeah, me personally, I I. I would like to think that he is going to get a nice reception. I, I would like to think. But as I, as I went around town today and I talked to a few people for a story that's coming out tomorrow uh, for our paper, I went out and tried to talk to a few people uh, around Buffalo to kind of see where their feelings are about Jack Eichel coming back. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the perception is I think a lot of people appreciated what he did, and I think they're excited to see him back on the ice and be healthy. And then there's some of that contingent where it's like, I don't really think I should care as much and I can't wait to boo him. So there's definitely <laughs> both sides of the spectrum here that I, I think is going to be very interesting to watch. And we'll, we'll kind of get that sense once warm-ups take place and once he steps on the ice. But there's definitely, I think, probably a 70-30 split that I think it's going to be good versus bad. But I honestly don't know when you talk to a few people today it it's really give or take danny webster's with us he's uh, covering the vegas golden knights on this road trip that takes the golden knights to buffalo and jack eichel's first game against his former team first game back in buffalo since he was dealt to the vegas golden knights and i i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily blame the hometown fans for voicing their displeasure because they lost one of the top 10 best players in the national hockey league over a disagreement on how to proceed medically and uh, a surgery and a process that turned out uh, right. So if you're not going to boo the owner, then you're going to boo just because you're watching the guy play for the other team. It might be as directed at at Jack those jeers as as the ownership and what went down with management. Yeah, I think you're right on with that, and I I think that's probably – if we were to kind of gauge where everyone else is at as far as where the frustration lies, 
it probably would be all the booze would be directed towards whether it be the Pagulas or whether it be Kevin Adams or whatever you think is the proper course of action to that because Jack Eichel, for, for every time you talk to Jack about you know how he felt about his time in Buffalo, he doesn't have any animosity towards the city of Buffalo, toward the fans, toward the community. I mean, he's he spent so, so much time during his run here in Buffalo, you know, going to comprehensive care care centers for cancer patients, and you know, was sending flowers to the nurses, you know, every single year. Like he puts so much time and effort into this community, and I think that's what ultimately everyone needs to understand when they go to the game tomorrow. Jack Eichel loved this city, and he loved the people in this city. It's just the situation of, will you please let me get the preferred surgery so that I may actually, one, continue to play hockey, and two, continue to actually live a normal life. And I think at the end of the day, I I would like to think that the people of Buffalo will see that side of it and kind of make a better distinction there. It's a, it's a no-brainer. He gets one of those welcome back tributes, or or is it? <laughs> um, what I, I I would like to think so. If yeah, me too. I, but I would like... I would like to think they would give him a video. I mean, I, I think he's done enough. What was almost almost a point per game for 380 games. I'd like to think they have some highlights there. If they just put a put a graphic up there in that in that jumbotron, I I feel a little bit salty myself. So hopefully they give him a good video. So. It was reported, ESPN, Greg Wyshynski, I think, reported yesterday that there is plans for uh, a tribute video. So, like, I, I guess kind of that's that's the other angle that I think is really interesting about this because we know Jack has a flair for the dramatic. We know that he's a player uh, that wants to prove himself beyond just the fact that he it was a number two overall pick, beyond just the fact that he's one of the best hockey players in the league he wants to prove that he is back and better than he was prior to needing the surgery i i make the argument that this is the perfect game for jack to go off to just have himself one of those nights to put an action point on his recovery process and where he's at as a player what are you expecting from jack on the ice tomorrow night oh i'm right i'm right there with you ryan i think i think that you know he kind of put the benchmark to himself and i think pete DeBoer did it too 10 games to kind of see where he's at, kind of get back up to his conditioning and whatnot. And I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more revved up of a Jack Eichel. And last night, even though he only get, he, he did get an assist on the, the Donov goal last night, I think probably offensively it was probably his best game. Not even just yeah, because... I totally agree. He, he, not just because he shot the puck nine times, but it was the fact that he was actively looking to shoot and I think that's one of the things that I've been waiting for him to kind of take the reins of is like you've got the puck on your stick we know the kind of shot that you have go for it especially with this team having to struggle to score as much as they have put the puck on net and see what happens he had a couple of dangerous looks last night and I think as you know the games keep on going we're going to see a little bit more of an unlocked Jack Eichel and I think tomorrow is going to be the, the, the night where we're like yeah, this is probably going to be the, the starting point of where he's going to start picking things up. I, like in my heart of hearts, I want to see one of those uh, rushes from his own blue line that he 
dances through defensemen and, and end up, ends up scoring. I don't know whether we'll see that because he's going to be obviously conscious on, uh, on making sure that everybody's involved and he's, and he's not stepping outside of his, his own game. But uh, there won't be a shot that is passed up. And he, he did. He took 10 last night. He put nine on the net. Uh, 11 is his career high from what I've been able to, to research. Uh, he, he looks like he's like peaking at the right time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we're starting to see a little bit more confidence as it goes. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to help. And, and, and like I said, I think the more he puts those pucks on net, like I said, I, I don't think anybody wants to expect him to do eight or nine a game, but the fact that he started shooting a whole lot more and started kind of taking that initiative to like, okay, I'm going to not not necessarily do this myself, but I'm going to attempt to at least try and put this team on my back and kind of get us rolling. I, I think that's a good sign for sure. You know, Danny, when when you when you kind of assess where Jack Eichel's at right now it, it, with this Golden Knights team who is in a playoff race, in a – right in the middle right in the thick of things like do you get the sense that that there's a calm and and a a welcoming of this newness in his career because as a guy that has not played meaningful hockey this late into the season uh, do you get the sense that this is a challenge he's he's really looking forward to uh taking head on oh absolutely 100 percent. i i think when he played his first game i i can't remember the exact numbers that i found but when the, the latest Jack has probably played a meaningful game. I think the Sabres were maybe two games above 500. And, and, of course, they weren't even close to a playoff spot. This time around, you're talking about a guy who we know how good he is. And he's coming into a situation where not only is he on a playoff team right now with you know however many games go, 25, 26, however many it is. But the, the most important thing is, is that he's not – really the one that needs to carry this team to a playoff spot because there are so many veterans who have been proven and tested that have been able to get this team to a playoff spot. I mean, there's Petrangelo, Pacioretty, you know, you know, the Misfit Lions, they've been doing it for the last five years. It's not just on him. And even though, you know, I, I think Pete DeBoer joked today that with, with the injuries, maybe it kind of has to look like Jack has to do more of it on his own at this moment, but he's not, he doesn't need to be the number one guy to carry this team to the playoffs. And I think once he keeps getting those reps in, you're not only are you seeing that calmness, it's more of a, okay, I'm just going to go out and play hockey. It's kind of exactly kind of, kind of the situation with patch already in his first couple of years, where it's like, okay, I don't have to be the guy anymore. I can just go out and play hockey. And I think as the days go on, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. Danny Webster from the Las Vegas Sun joining us from Buffalo, where Jack Eichel spoke to the media today and ahead of his first game back against the Buffalo Sabres uh, and in the city of, of Buffalo. I ask you this half knowing the answer, but it's much closer than I ever would have thought at this time of the year. Is it a bigger game for Jack tomorrow, or is it a bigger game for the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, that's a good question. Because if, if, they, if they weren't on such a up-and-down slide, I'd probably say 51-49 Jack. Um, but they, this team needs the two points. And, and I think that given the opponent, it, it is, we, I don't think we can assume it'll be two points, an easy two points in the bank. 
but I think at the end of the day, Jack uh, Jack Eichel wants to probably I, I don't know if stick it is the right term. No, that works. That works. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'll say. I, I, I think he more than likely I think he would probably like to stick it to the Sabers, and I think it's probably imperative that he does go off and kind of show that you know they they botched up they botched the whole thing and it's probably ultimately at the end of the day going to be more of an important game for him but i think in the back of the back of everyone's mind we need to realize after the way they played on tuesday where there there's a lot of you know they got a lot of shots on net but did they get enough dangerous chances there's that you know that really that 50-50 split if you yeah if you think on your on either side of that, can they put the puck in the back of the net and show that they can do this a little bit more consistently? Consistently, that's the question. And ultimately, you know, can they get the two points against a team that they really should beat? So, really, I guess it's a matter of perspective in that sense. Yeah, I think I think the game is equally important to Jack as it is to the Golden Knights. And and if Jack does what he needs to do, then both both entities are going to have a good good night, right? Like, if Jack goes off, the Golden Knights should win, and therefore you get all that you want out of tomorrow's game if you're the Vegas Golden Knights and you're Jack Eichel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that's going to be a factor here is I'm, I'm curious to see which goalie goes tomorrow to back-to-back. I, I would presume it's going to be Bressois. And they want to save winner for Pittsburgh. I'm going to go against you on that because of, uh, okay. of the just success – that Robin Leonard has had against former teams, and this is one of those 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 clubs that go into it. Um, I I'm leaning towards Leonard tomorrow night, just because okay. of the the history and Jack being back and everything that goes into it. Uh, I'm writing the movie script. You're looking at it like you're you're looking at it like a hockey uh, a journalist, which you should be doing uh, all along. I'm looking at it writing the movie script. Hey, I, I am never opposed to narrative. Narrative is my favorite thing in the entire world when it comes to sports. And I, if, it, if it goes that way, I am fully appreciative of the narrative. If it doesn't, then say la vie. I mean, Danny, you can push back on Darren. The narrative doesn't usually involve the favorite having the best player in the trade coming back to beat up on the lowly team that traded him. That so, is like, also that's, fair. That that's is not really a, a movie script, Darren Millard. Come on. I'm, I'm, I like things a little different. I like to spice it up. Hey, uh, I set you up uh, with uh, places to go there. Did you hit the anchor bar today? I did not hit the anchor bar today. I've actually been uh, trying to get some rest after a whole bunch of uh, flights and whatnot coming out of Philly yesterday. So I was trying to figure out where to go. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to hit up the Chop House. Come on, the Chop House is my next one. you you got to get to the Chop House, bud. That still might be above my pay grade, man. I I really (laughs) don't know if I could be able to... You know, I'm looking at the menu, and I'm like, what in no, the world Danny. am I spending $80 on mac and cheese? Like, Danny, I don't know Danny. if I can do that. Danny, just tell them that it's on Darren's tab. It's fine. And, and oh, I'll, there we go. I'll, I'll make sure to tell my uh, tell my uh, my editor that, yeah, this, this is all on, on Millard. Yeah. D- Danny, uh, I'm going to say this, and uh, with all due respect uh, to you and I, uh, the, the Chop House is above both of our pay grades uh, <laughs> because, because the National Hockey League players that walk in there look at it and go, whew, this is steep. 
Didn't expect uh, that. But the mac I'll, and cheese I'll, is I'll outstanding. I'll probably pick up on it just for the sides alone. At that, at that cheap price, I'll, I'll, I'll probably try it. Yeah, the sides are, are amazing. Hey, uh, what, uh, what do you got coming out, uh, uh, when, and when's it going to be posted? Uh, so my story, uh, talking to people around town here, is coming out tomorrow morning. It's going to be in our print copy as well as it's going to be on LasVegasSun.com. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my big thing right now. And, and then I'll be heading back home uh, after the road trip. So we'll see how, how this road trip unfairs. But, yeah, it's going to be a – it should be a fun atmosphere tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I, I just hope that, uh, that it's full. Like, attendance has, has waned there uh, a little bit. And I love Jack. Uh, just one more note. I love Jack uh, acknowledging Rick Jennerette. Uh, RJ, the uh, the great uh, Buffalo play announcer, and, and talking about uh, how much he means uh, to the organization. So that was pretty cool. Uh, be safe, be well, and uh, and eat wisely at the Chop House. Eat wisely. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Spend Thanks wisely. There's uh, Danny Webster. DW uh, from the Las Vegas Sun on with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas as Jack Eichel heads back to Buffalo. We're going to play you some of the sound uh, from his media conference uh, a little bit later in the show and get you uh, uh, inside that media room and give you a, a little feel for for what happened. But this is, this is one of, if not the most anticipated games in Jack Eichel's career. 1A with his first game. Love your first game. Love your first goal. But going back after the history that's occurred there uh, and there's a different... Uh, relationship with the fans than with ownership and with management uh you roll it all into one there's a lot of juices flowing yeah you know and you your point darren about um if you can't boo ownership then then jack might get the brunt of it i would challenge buffalo fans that are not angry at jack but angry at the situation and how it was handled by management to go over the top in cheering for jack eichel because if there's one way to show your frustration and, and hit where it hurts, that might be the way. Showing you support the player more so than the organization, that might do it. Yeah, and that message will not be lost on management and ownership uh, be. sitting in the uh, the rink. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to tell you about uh, one-timers. We've got our plays of the day. and We've also got our game rating for last night's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. The VGK Insider Show. Broadcasting live from the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, exit 5. Off the 2.15, and you're uh, all but right here as uh, things wrap up in the second quarter final of the women's uh, Big Ten, Big West uh, Conference Tournament. Uh, big result here. We'll fill you in about it next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Insider Show on location at the rink. Yeah, the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Home means Henderson. Home means uh, hockey in Henderson. And we got some uh, Big West Basketball Conference Tournament happening all week. The first ticketed event at this brand new facility. And the Craigie Range Sports Bar and Grill is hopping. I was down there uh, just a little bit ago. I had a little appetizer before he came up. Hmm. Sorry. 
I, I wanted to get it down there because no, I wanted to fine. take in the yeah, environment. No, uh, and all the, the TVs are, are going. The uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame is here. I yep. was uh, checking that out. Uh, it's interactive. Uh, all kinds of stuff uh, happening. But uh, the big game that just happened, uh, UC Riverside uh, pulled out the decision. A big second-half comeback uh, against Santa Barbara. Yeah, you seem to really be confused on what the U and the C stand for in UC Riverside UC, and UC Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, UC Riverside. Like you asked a lot me of why, UCs. why is it the same? Yeah, and, and then it took a while to figure out which one was which. UC or UC. Well, I told, I gave you, I gave you the reasoning as to which team was which, and you didn't believe. Me. I didn't believe you. No, I thought that was too simple, and because the scoreboard was on the left, and you said the team was on the left. Yeah. I didn't believe it, but uh, we got another uh, quarterfinal coming up uh, in about uh, thirty-five minutes' time. So if you hear the squeak, squeak, and the whistle, and the swoosh in the background, uh, <laughs> that's uh, what's happening. Uh, a different background, uh, so to speak, for the VGK Insider Show as we look back on last night's game against the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, stare through the viewfinder ahead to the Buffalo Sabres uh, tomorrow night. A game that you can uh, hear on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Dan Duva and uh, Darren Elliott have the call of that one at 4 o'clock pregame show at 3 o'clock tomorrow with Ryan Wallace. So no VGK Insider Show as uh, the uh, Golden Knights uh, play that 4 o'clock start. Uh, congratulations to the Kessels who had uh, a little baby yesterday and uh, welcomed a uh, child into their lives. Uh, everybody is doing good, and uh, that's great news, as Phil had one of the most uh, eventful days that you can imagine. Started uh -huh. in Detroit. Uh, Arizona Coyotes take on the Detroit Red Wings, and he goes out there, he plays uh, a single shift, yep. has a shot on goal, yep. and then uh, rips off the gear. <laughs> Runs to the airport, <laughs> a chartered flight to get him back to Phoenix mm -hmm. for the birth of his uh, first child. Yep. And with everybody doing great, I anticipate that Phil will be on a mid-morning flight tomorrow from Phoenix to Toronto, where the Arizona Coyotes play tomorrow night. Why is he going through all that, Ryan? Well, because Phil Kessel is in the midst of his own Ironman streak right now. He is, uh, I believe, third all-time in consecutive games played in the NHL, um, chasing down Doug Jarvis and Keith Yandel. So uh, for Phil, he had to play mm -hmm. a shift in the game last night. And if he's going to continue his Ironman streak, and I see no reason to believe that he will not, uh, he's going to have to get back into the next game. So, uh I look at this. I, I love this. I absolutely think this is fantastic. It's stuff you can, you know, like if, if, you're, if you're on a certain team that's taking things a bit too seriously, maybe this doesn't fly, but you're the Arizona Coyotes. You're scoring a bunch of goals. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You know where you're at in the standings. You know what you are as a team. You let Phil Kessel have his carrot here. You let him jump in and keep the streak alive. And then you let him go and take care of his family. I, I think it's just a, a phenomenal bit of work by the Arizona Coyotes to facilitate this for Phil Kessel. That's one of the few times, because they're not going to make the playoffs, <laughs> that you can actually put something uh, ahead of the team and have some fun with it and, and root for a guy. You, you played 955 consecutive games. Yeah. Let him go out and play one shift, Yeah. get a shot on goal, and it's not going to affect your postseason hopes <laughs> keep the streak and if he wants to fly across the country 
and then back because yeah. he's, he's, he's not going through all that yesterday and not continuing the streak right. against the Toronto Maple Leafs right. uh, tomorrow night. If Phil wants to do all that and ownership's up for it and they'll they'll pay for the, the, the flight or they go halvesies on it, fine fine with me. I And I also, those that said it taints the record by playing one shift and having a shot, you're taking this way too seriously. <laughs> because I, it's great that he plays all these consecutive games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a lot of Cal Ripken playing little bits. I don't know whether he ever took one inning. Uh, I've checked that, but there's there's some shorter appearances for Cal uh, in that regard. If if he takes one shift and he's and it's it's not like he's hurt, yeah, and he's taking one shift yeah. and stepping out, he's healthy enough. And this is for the birth of his child. Well, I mean, this is this is a one time deal. Like if 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 Phil Kessel gets into the game tomorrow night against Toronto, he's going to play the whole play, game, yeah. right? Like it's not a situation where the Coyotes are going to allow Phil Kessel to just suit up for a shift. And then leave the game. That's not what we're talking about here. And I'm sorry, when you get to 9.55, you get one, right? Yeah. Like, you get one where you just do what you need to do to keep the streak alive, and then you go from there. And you know what? If, if, if you want to get that in the weeds of on it, when Phil ends his streak, if he is number one, just beat it by two games. Mm-hmm. Then, then everyone that's complaining about it can stop complaining about it. The, uh, the updated stats... So Phil plays last night for the 32nd shift, 9.56. I wish he would have scored. He's eight back of Doug Jarvis yeah. for the second longest streak yeah. of all time. 9.56 is where Phil is. The leader is Keith Yandel, who played last night uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's at 9.77. It's, it, I was thinking, well, if, if Yandel's at 1,200 or something like that, sure. and Phil's got a good keep like, done. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. But he should catch Yandel. I don't think Yandel's streak's surviving the end of this year. I agree. At, at the end of the season, that's packed up and gone. He's an NHL worst minus 31. It's been a tough go for Keith Yandel. And if it right. wasn't for this, if it, here's the other, if it wasn't for this streak, yeah. Keith Yandel wouldn't still be in the lineup for the Philadelphia Flyers, I, who also have nothing to go for. So there, it works both ways on on that side of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, I, I would argue I have a bigger issue with the Flyers continuing to put Keith Yandel into the lineup when um, there's just you're not getting much of anything in return on on, on a nightly basis. But uh, I, I think I think the greatest the greatest part of Phil Kessel's legacy, I think, given how maligned he was in Toronto about everything right the 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 conditioning or the 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 idea that he's not a a well-tuned highly tuned athlete when you look at the amount of games that he has played and the ability to be durable and how much he raised his game in the playoffs and you count all the games that are on the legs of phil kessel i think being the guy that has the iron man streak when it's all said and done is just a feather in the cap of, of phil kessel to just say you know what Everything everyone said about me, wrong. It, I'm it, a specimen. It's hockey sarcasm at its best. It, it, the hockey gods just having some fun with us. I love it. But I like I'm a big I'm a big Phil Kessel guy. Yeah, I like I like yeah. Phil. I, I, he's a fun guy to be around too. He he had some legendary in room battles with some media people. Like just well, they were intense at the time. I found them funny, uh, but he's, he's he's not one that's going to be shy uh, about anything. And, yeah, it, 
you, you anticipate somebody to be the Iron Man, Iron Person of, of any sport to yep. be this shredded athlete. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, you'd think Chris Chelios or Rod Brindamore or something like yeah. that, right? Like, yeah. you'd think uh, of the guys that finished first overall in every single fitness test you can imagine in your mind. And mm-hmm. I think the, the best thing for Phil Kessel and hockey in general would be if Phil Kessel winds up being the ultimate Ironman. And nobody's copying him. <laughs> nobody's nobody's going go, to go to training camp and, and the coach says, what's with these test results? And the athlete comes back with, ah, Phil did it. I'm going to be like oh, Phil. You're not Phil Kessel. Nobody's doing what Phil. This isn't uh, a, a trend by any means. But congratulations uh, uh, on the baby and on continuing the streak. And we'll see whether he comes back tomorrow night against the Toronto Maple Leafs and matches Austin Matthews. It should be noted that f- after Phil's shift, which included one shot, uh, his teammates – uh, picked him up in that game against Detroit by scoring nine goals <laughs> on the Red Wings. So the Red Wings in the last couple of weeks have allowed 10 to uh-huh. Toronto, yeah. which you can kind of see or you're oh. accepting of. I mean, the best player in the game right now is on Toronto, so yeah. And then nine. The Arizona Coyotes beat the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit last night, 9-2 in another double pull which the goaltender <laughs> starts, gets yanked, and then goes back in because yeah, things are sideways. That's becoming a trend for, uh, for Detroit. Um, yeah, they, they sure did pick him up. Um, Nick Smoltz Nick was Smoltz. Uh, plus, <laughs> plus six. Having himself uh, a two-game span, which is, is pretty ridiculous. I, I, what is it, 12 points in, in two games, which is just astronomical uh, when you consider, you know, Sam Gagne, I think he had an eight-point night and then a three-point night right after. So it gives you an idea of just how difficult it is to put two, 12 points up over the course of, of two games. But yeah, I, the Coyotes, it's good for them, right? Like, it's good for them, for the players in that room, to just go out there and have a couple of games where they feel like the best team in the league. I, I don't think anyone believes it, but they know that it's nice to feel it. Nine goals. After after they, yeah, they well, beat the Ottawa the, Senators eight five. Yeah, I mean the biggest the biggest disappointment here is that the Golden Knights have already finished their series against Detroit. Yeah, and my glad that uh, that Arizona got in this hot streak uh, offensively mm-hmm. uh, after uh, Vegas played them, although uh, the result didn't go in Vegas's favor in that one. Now we've got our play of the day coming up. Is it the the dawn off? Come on, Daddy. Scoring the power play goal last night and breaking his slump, or do we reach outside the boundaries of the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, That story, plus our game rating on last night's uh, defeat to the Philadelphia Flyers, all coming up as the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show broadcasts live from the Dollar Loan Center, home of the Big West Conference Basketball Championship uh, this week, another quarterfinal coming up in about uh, 15 minutes' time. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores. It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. A couple of different directions that we could have gone with the play of the day today. Philadelphia offered up a much-needed power play goal on the road and a marker from Evgeny Dodonov. But instead, we went with something a little different. And this is a... 
a losing effort by the Colorado Avalanche, but a brilliant performance from one Nathan McKinnon. Gives it back for Miko. Rantanen is so due, it's not even funny. Landeskog trying to sweep it right out in front, cutting down at the side of the net. Score! It was bounced in past Dawes. I don't know how to describe this, so I'm going to let Ryan Wallace do it. That's the puck in, like Nathan McKinnon, hand-eye coordination. It's a beautiful thing. I, I like bringing up the idea that uh, the Colorado Avalanche broadcasters are complaining about not scoring enough goals yeah. uh, for Miko Rantanen, and then uh, they put up three in, in the first period against uh, a New Jersey team that came back and, and won 5-3. to three. So there's a lot going on there. Uh, the brilliance of Nathan McKinnon, uh, the ridiculousness of the Colorado Avalanche broadcasters talking about how they're just not getting enough goals from Miko Rantanen. Um, and then we also highlight a losing effort for Colorado. The puck bounced up, and McKinnon wasn't shy. He came in, right-handed shot, and just took a wild mm. swing at it. Yeah. It wasn't Foster Hewitt, a wild stab at it. No, no, no. Uh, it was uh, a, like a baseball-type swing. Yeah, he was going for a home run, and, and I love that from Nathan McKinnon. Ended up getting a little on top of the ball, and it dribbled in. It still went in. It still went in. Uh, that's your play of the day. When we continue, game rating for last night's contest against the Philadelphia Flyers. Where is Chapman going to go with that? And we'll also let you listen to some sound from Jack Eichel and Pete DeBoer as Eichel returns to Buffalo and gets threat to say, face the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night and a little bit about the Dollar Loan Center where we are located and broadcasting from today. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.